Hey everyone. Before we get started, I need to give a warning for story number one, as it mentions rape and abuse. I'll have it labeled in the timestamps in case you want to skip it. And remember, if any of you want to send your story, you can send it at southerncannibal.com. All that being said, let's get started. And remember, to always, stay hungry. For some background, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. This place is not for the weak. There are a few areas of town that are extremely dangerous. There are areas of town that I won't unlock my doors, let alone be caught dead walking. Everyone sees it as the glitz and glamour, lights of the strip, but it's so much more than that. We are number one in human trafficking and dead last in education. Not something I would consider by any stretch, but anyway, on to the story. So, my name is Elizabeth, and when I was in middle school around 12 or 13 years old, I had a friend named Brittany. She was outgoing and basically the cool girl. Her parents let her do whatever she wanted, and I had spent a lot of days at her house. Well, I grew up kind of sheltered. I was not allowed to go out past the street lights and I also wasn't allowed to do anything adventurous. I also had no idea what hiding alcohol or what rape looked like at all, just very sheltered from the world. I would soon find out in a very bad way. So one night Brittany had convinced my parents to allow me to spend the night. I'm not really sure how. She lived in a bad area of Las Vegas and her house is really dirty. She lived in a two-story house but can you really even call it a house because it was so small and looking back it had a very weird layout her living room consisted of a couch and a dartboard i don't even know where her kitchen was because i never saw it upstairs was her room and her parents room she had shared her room with her brother but he was never there her room was very dirty and littered with clothes and trash not to mention it didn't smell very great but I liked to spend time with Brittany because she accepted me. Anyway, that night at her house after playing darts and dropping one of the darts into my hand and bleeding for what felt like forever, we're upstairs dressing up in all of her raunchy clothing. She had put on one of her double D bras on my barely A cup chest and then filled it with socks, telling me that I looked beautiful because I had a huge chest and I was a small build at the time. I was incredibly short so I probably looked ridiculous. I had a very low self-esteem, so whatever she said looked good, I believed it. Anyway, she asked me if we could go to Crystal Palace tomorrow, and she told me to call my parents and ask. For some context, Crystal Palace is a skating rink in town located in a really bad area of the town, and I didn't even know how to skate, so I called and my dad picked up. Now, my dad is a really badass guy, but he's horrifying, and I have plenty of scary stories about him. But anyway, I asked if I could go tomorrow around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, to which he then replied back with, Well, no, because I'm picking you up at noon. We have things to do tomorrow, so I'll see you at noon. I get off the phone kind of disgruntled, and then tell her, Well, my dad said no because he's picking me up at noon. To which she then said, Well, he didn't say no, he just said you couldn't go tomorrow. 
Now, I was a good kid, and I always listened to my parents. I know that's very unbelievable, but it's true. I ended up agreeing with her because I really wanted to go, saying as I had never been before. Well, we get our shoes on, and I'm still wearing this ridiculous get-up, and I grab some money from my suitcase that I'd brought with me, and her uncle picked us up. At least, she said it was her uncle. I also want to mention that Brittany is white. She doesn't speak any other languages. This guy is Mexican and mostly speaks Spanish. He's extremely creepy too, and he seems way too young to be her uncle, but I digress. Families are always different, so why couldn't hers be, right? So we get to Crystal Palace and we go inside and we tell the guy our shoe size. And of course, she has no money, so I have to pay for the both of us. At this point, I have a little bit of money left, but not very much. As a kid, I always carried around all of my money for some stupid reason. And well, having very little money scared me. So we went onto the skating ring floor, and I couldn't skate. But she said it wasn't a big deal because nobody's going to care. I'm trying my absolute best, but I just keep falling down. Meanwhile, she's going lightning fast in circles. The DJ is a real jackass, and he watches me eat shit before then telling me to get off the floor. That if I can't skate, I can't be on the rink. I'll never get that $35 back. So I go sit on the outside, and I grab myself a big bag of chips from the concession stand. At this point, I only have change left. I'm watching her skate around having fun, and all I want to do is go home now. I went to the bathroom to chill myself out and basically do something besides just sit there. I was bored as fuck. I ran into one of my good friend's sister with her friends, and I said hi to her and we had chatted for a little. Looking back, I really should have asked her for a ride home since she only lives six houses away from me. I know, I'm so stupid. So I go back to sitting down watching Brittany, and she then comes up to me with two twin girls. One of them had a librette lip piercing. They're both way too cool for the likes of me. Brittany literally had the nerve to tell me, I'm bored, so I'm going to spend the night at their house. In my head, I'm just thinking, oh, hell no, you're not. What was this girl even thinking? I mean, I wasn't even supposed to be here, and now she's just going to ditch me? We're 12 years old. Her parents really didn't care what she did, though. Anyway... I told her that she needed to call her dad and get me a ride back home because at this point I'm having an anxiety attack and I just keep repeating, I have to go home. My dad will be there at noon and he'll kill me. I honestly thought that he would beat me to death. My father is not a nice man. Anyway, she agrees to call her dad. We grab our stuff and give back our skates and then head outside to the payphone because this is the day before cell phones and before Uber before any of the saving graces we have today. I gave her my last 35 cents, and she dials her dad on the payphone. Then she says, Hey dad, I met these girls, and I'm gonna go hang out at their house tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Bye. At this point, I'm furious because now I'm out of money, so I can't even make a call, and she didn't even ask him to come pick me up. I then look at her and say, What the fuck, dude? I'm supposed to go home. You can't ditch me like this. To which she then replied back with, You can come with us, but my dad's not coming. I was now fucking terrified because I had never been outside at night, 
let alone go wandering into the darkness with some random strangers, but I thought I had no choice at this point. Looking back, my dumbass could have just walked into the gas station and asked someone to call my dad for me or my mom, but my naive self just followed her. We're now walking down the streets. The Vegas streets are not like any other place. Sometimes next to a sidewalk you'll have a wall. Other times there are big patches of dirt for no reason and they're always shaped really weird. Some are curved, some are triangular. Some are actual lots where houses used to be. You get the point. So as we're walking, I see a homeless camp with a tent and a bunch of random garbage in one of these dirt areas. One of the twin girls walks into it and she starts talking with a man who's extremely dirty and then she sticks her hand in his pants for what felt like forever and then comes back with a cigarette. She exchanges a cigarette with her sister back and forth, also asking us if we wanted a drag. I refuse, but my friend takes one drag. Gross, I thought to myself, but I didn't realize at the time that the one girl had just given a hand job for a cigarette. Then all of a sudden, I hear screaming. We then look over at another dirt lot, and we say there's a large African-American man on top of some woman, and she's now screaming and begging for help. His eyes met ours, and he immediately screams at us. Hey, what are you doing? What are you looking at? You like what you see? Come over here. And right at this point, he gets up and starts chasing us. We're all running down the street at this point, and I literally feel like I'm going to die. I have no breath when we finally lose this guy. I can't even remember him, but I was really grateful that I didn't get grabbed. Very naive, but I didn't even know what was going on. I would come to find out that he was raping that woman. I really hope she eventually got away. We continue our walk and we end up at a 7-Eleven. The girl with the lip piercing tells us all to wait there and she walks across the street to meet with some high school looking guy who makes out with her. After quite some time, she comes across the street, goes into the 7-Eleven, and then comes out with a brown paper bag. I didn't know it at the time, but it was alcohol. So at this point, I'm hot from the Vegas summer, and I'm thirsty as hell. I asked if I could have a drink since they were all drinking it, and I was extremely thirsty. Before drinking it, though, I had asked, Well, what is it? To which they replied, It's like Sprite. So I took two big gulps before they ripped it out of my hands and then said, Hey, that's enough! This is ours! I was really upset because it tasted like the apple water I would get at school, which was my favorite, and I was so thirsty, but I figured whatever. At least now I don't have such a dry mouth. So these girls had us get on the bus with them, and I then explained that I don't have any money, but for some reason they got on the bus for free. I still don't know how because from then on I never could, but whatever. When we got off, I still don't recognize the area we're at, and it's late. I'm exhausted. I started complaining. How much further are we going? I'm exhausted. Is there any chance I can get a ride home when we get to your house? Can your mom take me? I just want to go home. At this point, I just want to cry. They told me they would ask their brother, then said, I'm sure our brother will take you, but you're going to need to lose that bra or he's going to rape you. I'm now just thinking, um, what the fuck? Now remember, I was wearing Brittany's bra, and it was a D-cup full of socks, 
so I assumed that's why they said that. We ditched the bra and socks in some random neighborhood and continue walking. I'm now hopeful that I'll get home okay when we come to a cul-de-sac. There's a wall that has some bricks, almost like stairs leading up to the back wall. They said we're going to have to jump this wall. Now, I've never jumped a wall before, but this one is like three or four feet tall, so I'm thinking no big deal, right? Wrong. Each girl makes an audible gasp or comment before jumping, and when it's finally my turn, I look over the top, and it's a 10-foot drop on the other side. I'm now freaking out majorly, and I ask through shaking breaths if they can just tell me how to walk around, and then one of the girls shouts, The people in these houses have guns, and if they see you, they'll shoot you. Now hurry up and jump. My friend then tells me, Don't worry, I'll catch you. Keep in mind, I'm petrified of heights, and I don't really trust this bitch at this point, but I don't feel like I have any other option. So I lower myself over the side, shaking like crazy, and I barely feel something with my foot when my arms then give out and I drop into the ground. I guess I must have been on an adrenaline high or the alcohol I consumed was enough to make me okay, because I didn't feel that hurt when I fell. I got up and was again having a hard time breathing and regaining my balance. Well, after about two minutes, we're now back to following these insane twins again, and we come to an apartment complex. They let us in the gate, and we continue to follow. I feel like I'm almost free, when one of the girls slashes a tire and then says, I hate that guy. Holy crap. Where did she get a knife? I just want to go home. We finally make it into their apartment, which is very small. Living room on the left, kitchen to the right, bedrooms down the hall in the center of that. I start asking, can your mom take me home? Can someone please take me home? One of these girls then says to relax and then walks down the hallway and into a room on the left. I heard her talking and after some time, I see her brother come out and say hi and I then ignored him because of her previous comment. Well, she comes back and she tells me that her mom can't take me, so I'm going to have to stay the night and then find my own way back home. I really wish I could say I left, but I didn't. I just laid in their bedroom floor while they climbed into their bunk beds and then went to bed. I cried myself to sleep. I didn't even sleep for long. I woke up around 5am and had basically punched Brittany awake, telling her we're leaving, that I'm done. We ended up eating a giant bowl of Starburst before we take off and we're out of there. I keep telling her how mad I am and how my dad's going to kill me if we aren't back by noon and that I don't even know where we are all through sobbing. She promises we'll get back in time and tells me I'm being ridiculous. We end up taking the bus after crying to the bus driver about how we're lost and just trying to get home. When we finally make it back, it's 11.30am and I think to myself, I'm safe. My dad will never know. I felt a rush of relief. We get into our room and I change and pack my crap and then change back into my clothes. I never want to see Brittany again after this. Well, I wasn't safe quite yet. Remember how I said my parents are very strict? Well, apparently they called that night to say goodnight and I love you. And her parents actually had the audacity to say, Oh, we don't know where she is. They're out on Charleston and Nellis somewhere. For those of you that don't live in Vegas, that is a high crime area. My parents didn't sleep at all that night. 
So when my dad showed up at noon, he was so angry he was shaking and his face was all red. My dad may not look very intimidating, but looks can be deceiving. He's five foot four and he has a very skinny build with short brown hair. But oh my God, he's like a monster when he's angry. He ripped me out of that house and said I would never return to her parents before then closing the door. Honestly, I didn't even want to go back. I didn't say a word because of how fearful I was of my father. We sat in silence in the car for about 10 minutes as he drove us home. And then right before we got home, he started screaming at me about how much trouble I was in. When we got home, he beat the shit out of me with a belt on my bed. Then an hour later, covered in bruises with tears streaming down my face, my sweet mother came in holding me, asking what happened. I barely told her anything that happened, and she said she was so sorry and so worried about me. My dad, on the other hand, didn't even seem to have much remorse, because I should have known better than to follow shitty people around and not call him or find an adult. But again... I was so sheltered, I never even thought I would be in that kind of situation. Please stay safe out there and find an adult immediately in a gas station if you need help. Don't do what I did. Now I know Vegas streets so well, I can tell you exactly how to get home from anywhere here. I now use Uber, and I'm very thankful that I've never seen those twins. Hopefully I never see them again. I went to meet a guy from Craigslist at a fast food restaurant. Public places are safe, right? Well, while I was waiting all dolled up, a guy sitting nearby had chatted me up. I let him know what I was there for, and he had asked for my number in case I wanted to hang out in the future. He seemed nice, and obviously I was single. So, in the spirit of wanting to keep my options open, I gave him my number. He immediately texted me with his number so I could save it in my phone, and then he went back to his seat. The guy I was supposed to meet then walked in. Well, he looked 20 years older than in the pic he had sent me. This was before apps where you could send a live pic and such, and he obviously had sent me a very old photo. He then sat down and proceeded with his niceties. I shot a nervous look over to the guy that I just met as I was very uncomfortable. I'm also not sure how to get out of the situation without being rude. The old guy then asked me if I wanted anything to eat. I declined and I said he should order if he wanted to, hoping to get him away from me so I could escape. He didn't budge and I smiled nervously trying to think of anything to get out of this. My phone then buzzed and the dude I first met told me to go into the bathroom and he would help me. I was so grateful. I quickly excused myself to the bathroom and hid out there for a good 10 minutes. I come out, not sure what I would see, and I see the dude is talking to the old guy, saying that he was actually a friend of mine and I had promised to drive him somewhere. The old guy wasn't buying it, but I quickly jumped in and confirmed the lie. I said that the dude's sister had texted me when I was in the bathroom and that she was in labor headed to the hospital and that we had to go right away. The old guy was totally confused, but the dude became frantic to create a sense of urgency, to which I then apologized to the old guy for not being able to complete our date. Luckily, he left, and I sat with the other dude, thanking him profusely for rescuing me. We sat and talked a little, but he was telling me how he was in massage therapy school, and he could use someone to practice on, etc. He didn't say it in a creepy way or anything, 
seeming totally nice. Well, apparently the old guy was still in the parking lot, and seeing we hadn't left for our emergency, he started blowing up my phone. I blocked him, and after another 10 minutes, he seemingly got the hint and then drove off. Once the old guy was safely away from the area, I decided to go home and just be glad that I got out of that awkward situation. The dude then asked if I could give him a ride, as he would otherwise have to take the bus. He was nice, but it was late and I was tired, so I declined. He tried a couple of more times saying he could give me gas money, buy me food, etc., and he brought up the massage thing again. I firmly declined and told him again thank you, and then drove off. I didn't even get more than a mile away when I got a text from the guy. Stupid bitch. I do something nice for you and you can't even let me come back to your place and get my reward? You women are all the same. For several days afterward, the old guy kept calling me, leaving me voicemails where he was clearly enjoying himself. Unfortunately, even if you block a number, they can still leave you voicemails. So I dodged two bullets that night and escaped the clutches of both the super old guy and the fake nice guy. I don't think either one of them had any good intentions for me that night. My name is Kat. I'm a female and I was 15 years old at the time. This happened to me along with my girlfriend who we'll call Destiny. We lived in a rural area of northern Idaho where there really wasn't much to do. So skipping school to go to a neighborhood park was almost an exciting adventure. On this particular day, we were both tired of dealing with typical teenage drama in school, and we were itching for a change of scenery. As we wandered around the park, I had noticed a white pickup truck parked nearby on the side of the road. It didn't seem like a big deal at first, but a strange feeling nagged at me, telling me that we needed to leave. I tried to brush it off, but as we walked towards a nearby hayfield, my dread increased and I saw that the truck had followed us. My heart raced as the truck began to drive right towards us. We ran back to the park, but the truck turned around and went back to the park as well. We then ran back to the field, only to have the same thing happen again. I knew this field and neighborhood very well, like on the back of my hand, so we tried to sneak through the yards to get to my house. As we ran towards my house, the sound of the truck grew closer and closer. My heart pounded in my chest as we finally made it to the doorstep. I peeked out of the window and I saw the truck drive by once more. We never told any of our parents what happened, knowing we would be in trouble for skipping school. But the memory of that white pickup truck and what they may have had planned for us stayed in my mind for years. It was a chilling reminder to always be aware of your surroundings, especially if you're in an unfamiliar place. I knew that trusting our gut instincts was vital, as our intuition is often the key to our survival. Every time I saw a white pickup truck on the road or pass by that park, a deep sense of uneasiness washed over me. That experience had taught me that no matter how innocuous something might seem, danger can always be lurking nearby. Please always trust your instincts. It's your survival skill. Use it. <laughs> 